0: Uh, I'm going to say no one's better than me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's go. Blow. Welcome to the Monday, June 1st, 2020 edition of Locked On Dolphins, brought to you by Built Bar. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins NFL draft analyst at the DraftNetwork.com, and an avid Built Bar fan, which you already know by now if you've listened to the show with any regularity. Built Bar is a protein bar that eats like a candy bar. Go to BiltBar.com and you can save $10 off your first box. Using promo code locked on. That's BillBar.com, promo code locked on to save $10 off your first box. Today on the show, I want to talk about two things. I'm going to talk about Mike Kasecki, specifically about Mike Kasecki. I did the numbers, I did the research, and it really opened my eyes to find out just exactly how good of a season, statistically speaking. Mike Isecki's 2019 season was in the relative spectrum of all-time Miami Dolphins tight ends because this is a position that, quite frankly, uh, the Dolphins have not experienced a lot of all-star production with. Uh, But if you look at Mike Isecki's numbers, 570 yards and five touchdowns, this was a damn good season relative to all of these seasons we've seen for Miami Dolphins tight ends. And I also want to address a popular pre draft discussion point, which was that the Dolphins would be better off waiting a year to draft their quarterback and instead forego selecting. Tua Tungabailoa or Justin Herbert or Jordan Love or trading up for Joe Burrow or whoever that decision was ultimately going to be for the Dolphins. Of course, it turned out being Tua Tungavailoa. So I looked at the forecast moving ahead, looking at 2021 and, and the teams involved, the prospects that are going to be eligible to be entering the 2021 NFL draft, what the Dolphins forecast looks like. And that's a really messy proposition. And I firmly believe at this point, no matter how Tua plays out, the Dolphins would have been better off doing exactly what they did instead of appeasing those fans who wanted to punt on quarterback for another year. We'll talk about that, but not before we dig in on Mike Gusecki. Uh, Mike Gusecki, former Penn State Nittany Lion, Miami Dolphins' second-year tight end in 2019, who posted 570 yards receiving and five touchdowns. Uh, The tight end position has not been a position that has been kind to the Miami Dolphins over the the course of the, the history of this franchise as it pertains to raw receiving production. Despite the evolution of the tight end position and more and more teams gravitating towards more glorified big slot players, the Dolphins have not been a team that has been able to Uh, find traction in in improving their tight end play and getting a dynamic middle-of-the-field threat and weapon despite some of their efforts, Jordan Cameron being one uh, notable signing that the Dolphins made in the past decade that did not materialize the way the team would have hoped. Mike Isecki, believe it or not, in 2019, logged one of the seven best individual receiving seasons for a tight end in franchise history. If I told you the names that have successfully logged 500-plus receiving yards and five or more touchdowns in an individual season for the Miami Dolphins, there are five names. The earliest was Larry Seep in 1969, 577 yards and five touchdowns at the tight end position. The next to do it was not until Keith Jackson, who did it in three consecutive seasons in 1992 through 1994, peaking in 1994 with 673 yards and seven touchdowns. Randy McMichael did so in 2005, 582 yards and five touchdowns. Charles Clay in 2013, arguably the best individual season from a receiving perspective for Miami Dolphins tight end, 579 yards and six touchdowns. And Mike Gusecki in 2019, 570 yards and five scores. What is really exciting here is Gusecki, didn't really come on until late in the year, the second half of the seasons, when he really flipped the switch and got on a pace that would have put him in position. You know, the, the final nine games of the season, Gasecki was on a pace that would have equaled Charles Clay's output for receiving yardage and more scores. Uh, obviously, Gasecki logging five touchdowns in the back half of the year, not something to be overlooked. And if the Dolphins can continue to see Gasecki take another step forward versus what he put on the field in 2019. Their tight end position is going to be perhaps the best positioned it's been to have success, sustained long-term success since the early 90s when Keith Jackson was a standout here and accounted for 18 touchdowns in three years and an average of over 620 yards per season. So, the, the question, of course, is with Chan Gailey's offense not being something that's been traditionally kind to tight ends, is that a problem for Mike Gusecki? And I think as we've done some research here on Locked On Dolphins over the course of the past several uh, weeks with Chan Gailey and the trends of his offense, what's more prevalent than tight ends not getting production is Chan Gailey feeds his best football players the ball. I think that's something we should not be overlooking when projecting Mike Gusecki's forecast as a football player in 2020. He's the second best receiving option on this team. Say what you will about how explosive and dynamic Jakeem Grant is. Say what you will about the potential of Albert Wilson if he's able to stay healthy. Neither one of those two has been able to stay healthy. Say what you will about Preston Williams. Preston Williams is coming off an ACL injury that ended his season halfway through 2019. Mike Gusecki played the full year. He's got tremendous ball skills, catch radius, athleticism working up the seam. And with so much run oriented mentality, in chain Gailey's offense, I think you'll see the play action have a lot of success for Mike Gusecki getting behind the linebackers on the second level and he's got a quarterback in Ryan Fitzpatrick who has shown the trust in him to go make plays up the seam and adjust to the football and throw it into tight coverage. That's not a coincidence. So the sky's the limit for Mike Gusecki, and the production that he put on the field in 2019 is already one of the seven best individual seasons we've seen from a Miami Dolphins tight end. Another reason to get excited for this 2020 season, no doubt. My friends, today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is being brought to you by Built Bar. If you have not experienced the Built Bar phenomenon for yourself, I implore you, please, hear me out. Built Bar, between 110 and 150 calories per bar, has as much protein as your average protein bar, but one seventh the grams of carbs and sugar of your average protein bar. And whether you like fruit flavors, dessert flavors, Built Bar guaranteed has something for you. And ironically enough, so do I. If you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you can save $10 off your first box of Built Bar. That's promo code LOCKEDON to save $10 off your first box. Don't just take my word for it when I tell you these are the greatest protein bars ever invented. Find out for yourself. Use promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com and save $10 off. Now, today on the show, I also want to talk about the Dolphins' decision to draft a quarterback in 2020 and why it was the right decision to make. Uh, The Dolphins obviously have a boatload of NFL draft capital at their disposal. Uh, They kept all of that, which was priority number one on this podcast. As far as my preferences on how the Dolphins elected to attack the NFL draft, I would have trusted their judgment on quarterback no matter what. But you have to keep your picks. You had so much to go, so much improvement and groundwork that had to be laid. And I think they took really positive steps in the right direction. This isn't a complete roster by any means, uh, but it is one that is vastly improved from what we have seen in 2019 and arguably 2018 as well when the team went 7-9. and nine. Before the draft, there was a loud subsection of Twitter that wanted to see the Dolphins forego drafting a quarterback so that they could get the best players available and go get a quote-unquote safer prospect or tank for Trevor Lawrence or whatever that imagery looked like in their head. And, you know, there was some valid argument to it. You know, don't force quarterback if you're not comfortable with the quarterbacks on the table. The Dolphins obviously were very comfortable in Tua Tungvaluwa. But if you look at the forecast of the Dolphins, the quarterback class, and the rest of the NFL, drafting a quarterback here and now was the right decision, in part because this rebuild and the the posturing of this roster was all conducted so that the Dolphins would be in a position to secure a franchise quarterback with their first-round pick. The rebuild, knowing you're not necessarily going to be super competitive, knowing you need a long-term quarterback. Yeah, of course, this this was like from a higher level, not from a football operations on a day-to-day or coaching staff or players in the locker room. But knowing that you were going to be entering the 2019 season with one hand tied behind your back and knowing that you were going to pool all this salary cap space that you were going to spend and make your roster better. To get to that point and then say, ah, maybe we'll just wait another year, I don't know. Doesn't really have a lot of conviction in your vision for how you're going to build your team, right? So the Dolphins, that's the bit, thats the first point. The Dolphins spent and collected talent. That Yes, they're young. Yes, they might struggle in stretches of this year. And yes, the schedule, at least at this point in time, does not look overly forgiving. But this team can compete for the division this year. If you took the roster last year, nobody's saying that. This team will not be in a position to naturally draft high unless they hit the absolute jackpot and the Texans bomb. And if they do, so be it. The Dolphins can cross that bridge when they get there. But to bet on yourself getting into a position to draft a Trevor Lawrence when this team is going to be better than what it was last year. It's probably going to win more football games. And then you think about what the rest of the league looks like. It's a dangerous game to play. So part of this forecast is not the Dolphins specifically, never mind the fact that they're trending the wrong way to get a higher pick for a quarterback in 2021. But look at... Carolina Panthers. And look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars' offense last year finished 26th in scoring, and they literally did not find any upgrades. They drafted LaVisca Chenault in the second round, a wide receiver. They signed Tyler Eifert to a free agent contract. Obviously, there's a coordinator change here. Jay Gruden's now in the building. But believe me when I tell you that is it. That is the only differences from a team that finished 26th in scoring last year. They are running everything else back, but they might trade Leonard Fournette. And, oh, by the way, they also might be trading Yannick Ngakwe, who's doing everything in his power to get off of this team. Yeah, the team brought in Rashad Melvin and Joe Schobert and free agency, but the rest of this team, young talent, a lot of good players, but young talent. Josh Allen, Taven, Bryan, Miles Jack, Kayla von chase on CJ Henderson, Devon Hamilton. They got some good players, but like Miles Jack is the only like well-established player on the defensive side of the ball. You're not going to be a worse team than the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. Even if the Jacksonville Jaguars beat you week three. You are not going to be a worse football team than Jacksonville. They're going to pick in front of you, and I'm sorry, but I have a hard time subscribing if you have a chance to land Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields versus staying committed long-term to Gardner Minshew that you're going to stay committed to Gardner Minshew. Don't let good players prevent you from drafting great players, right? That's the, that's the position the Jaguars would be in. And I don't think Minshew, especially if this team doesn't have success, which you wouldn't be inclined to think that it does, or it will, they wouldn't do that. The Carolina Panthers, have you guys seen the secondary in the Carolina Panthers? Mind you, remember, they play in the NFC South, which has to play Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints, Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons, and Tom Frick and Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This team surprised a little bit. Because they traded for Russell Okung, they signed Robbie Anderson, they signed Teddy Bridgewater, but the losses that this team incurred defensively, this team's starting projected starting secondary right now is Eli Apple, Trey Boston, Jeremy Chin, Dante Jackson. Their nickel corner is Corn Elder. They don't have another competent safety on the roster teams are going to torch this team. You get ahead of this team by 10 points, it's game over. Carolina Panthers are a team that much like the Miami Dolphins, they have some appealing in, of the Miami Dolphins of 2019, they have some appealing qualities about them, but the deck is so significantly stacked against them from the perspective of one Achilles heel on their roster for the Dolphins is the offensive line. And as soon as Ryan Fitzpatrick figured out how to make chicken salad out of chicken shit there on the offensive line, magically this team starts winning games. They go five and four over the final nine games. The Achilles heel for the Panthers is this secondary is problematic. And they play in the worst division in football to have a bad secondary. The offensive line, Russell Okun, but they traded away Trey Turner. So now Dennis Daly's stepping into that spot. Teddy Bridgewater, his ceiling as a starting quarterback is questionable. He had the luxury of playing in New Orleans when he when he won five games as a starter in 2019. In spot service for Drew Brees. The Dolphins aren't going to be a worse football team than these two teams. And both of these teams, Teddy Bridgewater, who signed a three-year, 60-something million-dollar deal, that the Panthers can pretty easily get out of, Trevor Lawrence plays like an hour down the road. You think this team's trained out of a position to get that? So you've got to bank if you wanted to pass on quarterback altogether as the Dolphins. You had to bank on either being worse than those teams or somebody else coming out of left field and being worse than both of those teams and then grossly overpaying to get into position. And listen, I wouldn't have hated it, if you would have traded back from five and then got best player available and got an extra third first-round pick for 2021, and then you can give them all up and do the Joe Burrow deal. and But any team that's picking that high is probably going to be interested in taking these quarterbacks as well. For the Dolphins to position themselves and say, we're going into 2019, okay. We're probably not going to be super competitive. It's our opportunity to secure a franchise quarterback. We'll rebuild the roster from the ground up going to find a guy who fits our culture, that's the plan. And then they get in position to pull the trigger and then get cold feet and punt it down the road a year. Would have been a really hard pill to swallow and would be even more risky than what the Dolphins are now doing with Tua because in keeping the rest of their picks, they can continue to flesh out the rest of the roster. And heaven forbid, if Tua gets hurt, doesn't translate for whatever reason, and we're three years into his deal, his fully guaranteed four-year rookie contract, and they decide it's time to, to move on, but because they've kept all of their other, their other picks, they've got a roster that's well-built and ready to compete with the right trigger man. then you can go out and spend an arm and a leg once everything else is in place to go get another rookie quarterback on another rookie contract. That, to me, is a much more sensible way to overpay instead of overpaying so much earlier in the process. So get a quarterback because you're in a position and then make the rest of your picks, which is exactly what the Dolphins did. How this ends up materializing and working out, that is yet to be determined. But I think based on where the Dolphins were at in the draft and having Tua, who's the third-highest-graded quarterback prospect that I personally have had since 2016. Joe Burrow was one, Baker Mayfield was two, Tua was three. To get that guy at five when he's there staring you in the face, it's a no-brainer, and it's a much better resolution to this story been trading back from five and drafting an offensive tackle and, not, and gumming into the year with Josh Rosen and Ryan Fitzpatrick as your quarterback room again and nobody else, knowing full well that if you swing and miss in trying to get up for Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, now you're totally boned. Or you're going to pay through the nose, and you're going to pay way more and walk away with way less. Than what you would have if you just take it two at five. So I know that was a popular conversation piece, but as we look at it here and now, after the dust has settled in 2020, there's no question that this was the right move for the Dolphins to make. How it materializes, I'm hoping we get a little taste of mini camps and then training camp next month. Now that we could say next month it's officially June and get to see where two is at, see how close he is to. Uh, potentially competing for the starting job, which is something that I'm still uh, in no rush to get into, but I know a lot of fans are, and I get it. So we'll see where he's at, but we got to get him on the field first. And that's the next step for the Dolphins. Uh, the next step for you as a listener of Locked On Dolphins. If you haven't gone to Bilt Bar, go get yourself some Bilt Bar. But tomorrow's also Power to the Pod. It's your show. You guys are going to tell me what we're talking about on the show. Twitter.com, Locked On Fins with a PH. Hashtag power to the pod. You can send your questions, or you can leave a review of the podcast uh, with whatever you listen with, and I will skim through those and pull those comments as well. That is tomorrow, so make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs. Thanks as always for listening. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your Monday.